uh, I, I didn't lift weights when I was a swimmer, but um, uh, the last year, year and a half, I was in Spain training on my own. And there was a Russian coach, the coach Shatput and Javelin, one, one of the top Russian coaches, and he was in the national center over there. And uh, uh, my, my coach at that time was a friend of mine. Uh, the, his, his best friends were uh, shot putters and people in track and field. So I became friends with the coach, well, friends. I started talking with the coach. And the coach told me, and this is what I use. I've been using this since 1994 or 95, you know. And we do the last four weeks of our cycle of weights. We'll go into, like, for example, and we only do with the older guys, eh? three or four ex four exercises and uh one of the exercises will be for example bench press no and uh we'll do the first week eh? we do three reps three reps at a 90 percent right? and right away you grab a medicine ball and you have to jump against the wall jump and throw the ball pam 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 for five times and then rest three or four minutes and then you do two reps at a 90 percent right and then rest three or four minutes, you do one rep at 100%, three or four minutes, and you do another rep at 100%. The following week, we got two reps at a 95%, one rep at 100%, one rep at 100%, and one rep at 100%. Always, like if you do squats, as you do the rep right, at 100%, and you, take, you, know, you put the weight out, you have to do five squats and jumps as fast as you can. Right? The third week, the third week, you go one rep at 100%, one rep at 110%, one rep at 110%, and one rep at 100%. And the fourth week, you go one rep at 100, at 100%, one at 110%, one at 120, and one at 100%. Now, what he told us is like at 100% or even at 95%, the, the, the athlete is going to have, it won't be able to move it at one point, you know, because it's attacking the nervous system so much, you know, and imagine at 110%. But if you hold it between three people, one in one side for the, uh, for the, if you're doing the bench press, one in one side, one in the other, and one in the middle, and you hold it to the point where he cannot move anymore, and you just hold it there for six to, six to 10 seconds. And after six or 10 seconds, you help him move the weight and then he does the explosiveness. Like, it's amazing the gains that you have. You don't hypertrophy. And then what we do right away, and I think you saw me do that in, in Miguel when I was training there. We go mm -hmm. into the water and with no warm up, we do 425s. Doesn't matter if you're a distance swimmer, you do 425s. Two at a high, uh, all, all of them fast, two with high level, with high spinning, high tempo. And two, you supply as much power as you can. And it's unbelievable, the adaptation that you have. And we do that for four weeks, and after that, we're done. These are the last four weeks that we do with the other guys. And there's no, there's no like, hypertrophy with that. But you attack the nervous system so much. And, and the, isometric the isometric time that you like for six to 10 seconds holding, you know, just holding there. Like if you you're in a squat and you have 110% of what you can do. And there's three people helping you. You just hold it like tapping it, and you're holding it there. When you take off and you do explosiveness, that's the maximum gain that you're gonna have, and that you can apply that into the water. That's something that we do. That's very good. Mm -hmm. 
So we've been doing this. I, I learned this in 1994 from a Russian guy. And when I started becoming a, a coach, that's what I apply always. Not with the younger guys, but just with the older ones. Because the younger guys are not trained for that. Well, we, uh, we, we've been doing similar stuff. Uh, I would say even with younger ones, but instead lifting 100% weight, they just do 10 squats and after that they do five, five squat jumps, you know, or five broad jumps. So you always transfer that into explosive power. Also, what I have noticed now, uh, and I follow one of the swimmer, like a Russian swimmer, he is not swimmer anymore, but you know, more like a young coach. He is applying lots of uh, static dynamic exercises. So that's exactly what you're talking about. You're getting stronger without hyper, uh, muscles hypertrophy. So even stretch cords, you know, like traditional, you go stretch cord and you go like pulling like, I don't know, five by 30 or five by 60 or five by one minute until you're exhausted and your shoulders start hurting. So, uh, but, but I'll tell you one thing. One of the things, that, sorry to interrupt you before I yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things that I used to do uh, with the younger guys, I don't do it with the old, but with the younger guys, with the stretch course, let's say that I do the breaststroke pull, no? And what I would do is like, instead of like doing many repetitions, yep. I will have good tension and I would, I will hold it isometrically here. Yep, yep, And then yep, here, yep, yep. and then here. Yep. Just yep. three, three, three portions of each stroke. Three so phases, that's the, yes. Yeah, that's the maximum gain that I can have. Well, this is, this is what I just recently started uh, including in my programs because when I was doing it, it was just like, okay, stretch court, off you go, you know, like as fast as you can or as long as you can, whatever. Uh, but now I start using that approach. So good form, your, your knee slightly bended flat back, you do catch phase, for example, butterfly, you hold for 10 seconds, then you proceed to the second phase, you hold there, less impact on your shoulders. Again, it, in you, it's a lot, a lot more gains, it's safe, and also... Uh, you 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 avoid this hypertrophy. It's actually it's actually very good very good thing to do. Uh, I, yeah, so just kind of this kind of stuff also. Thing. Awesome. So, a anybody else wants to share any thoughts about the dryland component? Yeah, hi, coach. Um, I wanted to ask. I don't know if you've seen it, but I I know that uh, Coach Miguel, Modern Coach, and uh, Coach Ivan. Uh, have seen it, but Effie Mova put up uh, on her Instagram a few days ago sort of an insane workout that she did at home, um, sort of like swimming. I think her husband, boyfriend, somebody was holding her ankles and she was sort of swimming off of the kitchen counter. Um, maybe Coach Miguel, Coach Ivan, uh, may, maybe some comments on, on that. Uh, I mean, it looks incredible. Of course, she's an outstanding athlete. Um, Irrelevant about uh, all the history around around Efimova, but um, uh, what what are some of your comments about sort of that that exercise that she did on uh, that she showed on her Instagram post? I'll say yeah, one well, thing. Uh, hold on, Miguel. I'll say one thing before I saw one thing that she was doing butterfly and uh, on the counter. I would I would be so, like so afraid to do something like that with the young kids because of their lower backs. You know, and that's the only uh, many concerns that I will have because of that. I don't think many of the young kids will be ready to do something like that. Efimova is just an amazing talent. So go yeah, ahead. I, I, okay. I'll tell you. What, I'll tell you. A thing. Sorry, Miguel. Just quick. I think it's more 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 for hype rather than for for training. You know, 
I, I didn't see anything uh, cool about it. It's just, it just a little bit about internet hype, I think. That's all. That's my opinion. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She's a great okay. Well, I'm going to be the, the contradictory uh, part here. Um, we started doing that before Efimova put it. We, we did that the very first day we got locked. Um, and we did it in combination to a, um, an exercise group that we got from our, um, um, from our coach called Animal Flow. And he's doing the Animal Flows, I believe, um, in the Tanya Pura webpage on um, Fridays at four in the evening. Now, the Animal Flow is really good to stretch the back. So when the back is properly warmed up, like Sergio said, then we started doing that swimming and we're up to eight times 45 seconds on with 15 seconds off and they do two minutes and then the rest two minutes to hold their partners. So because they all live together, they have a partner to do it with and we're doing it so a total of 45 seconds, eight times, but breaking it down and you do twice and you rest two minutes. And what I have found is that um, you need to alternate the freestyle with the backstroke and you need to be correcting them constantly, but it, it really can help the core like everything else. Look, my opinion is that it doesn't matter what drill you do, it matters that the swimmers understand why the drill helps them. So if they're going through emotion, they're not gonna learn anything. But if they're doing this drill and you tell them, you know, keep your back flat because it's very important that you keep your belly in and the back flat and you're working with your glutes and your ischiotibialis and you're trying to bring your heels up. And then you turn into backstroke and you put your belly in and you keep your back flat again, but you're trying to work with your obliques and swimming a little bit with the core, transferring the energy from the arm of one side to the core on the other side then it does wonders. Or in breaststroke, all they're trying to focus on is bring the hip forward. But I believe if I did this without the animal flow or without the back stretch, I would kill them the next day. Yeah. I would literally kill them the next day. Yeah, you have to be careful. Let me show you a video of something that you can do. It's very similar that we did many years ago uh, with the at balls. And um, let's see. Let me find it. I'm gonna share it with you guys. Can you see this now, this video? Yep. Uh, uh, so let me start it and watch. This is, we use 240 pros to balance. You can find something to, to at, least, at least secure. The, and like this, this is pretty hard, but secure the lower back. And you know, you can work, you see? This is not easy whatsoever, but at least, Hold on. Sorry about the volume thing. You know, and this is one of our coaches doing this. So I think I think things like that, and whatever what what he what uh, Miguel was saying, it's great. You just have to uh, you ha you has to be careful. 
you have to train their lower backs and you have to make sure that you prepare them to do that because if not you will have a lot of injuries you know Efimova is like a different specimen you know and she can show you if i show you what we used to do for our feet and our ankles you you would think that we were the you know some of these incredible men that were made of uh of, of rubber you know uh and it, it's i cannot do it with my athletes because i will break them make sense you just have to be conscious and and be very careful like miguel says you prepare them to do something do not jump into something like that right away you know that's that's just my opinion i'll show you if you guys want to see another video there i can show you another video about this 4d pro that we used to use um let me let me share it with you uh, uh, um, you, you so and you can you can do some research on the internet about the 4d pro and this this video lasts four minutes uh, uh, I think the 4d pro is a great uh, tool to do and now I think there's different companies that they, they, they do the same this is the first day that we utilize this thing with these kids I think Joseph Schoolin is in this group too this is from one guy. Um, this is from the 4D Pro was invented by this German uh, surgeon that he had to fix the back of one of the the Russian backstrokers that they told her a girl that she was done and without surgery she helped her out with this machine to become world champion in the 200 back. Uh, and we're just trying things here. But this is this is something that really helps you, you know, with elasticity, plasticity. You know, um, you know, you can you can teach them butterfly transitions from butterfly to freestyle. Like now, look at this on the back. We used to do that uh, in Singapore a lot. I don't know if they use it anymore. You know, like here we're trying to do some 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 dives outside of the water, but now I'll show you a perfect dive that this guy can do. Just this is the first day, so imagine this. But look at that. But watch. Now we're gonna have the the same coach then. I think now he's going to show you how to do a perfect dive outside of the water. Look at this. Can you see, guys? Okay. Were you able, Miguel, were you able to see all this? Uh, I cannot hear anybody. I have muted my um, okay, okay. My but, microphone. Yes, yes. Everything looks perfect. Yeah. It looks amazing. Yeah, like like this is one of the best machines that you can utilize uh, to to practice the stars outside of the water. How much do they cost, and how do we purchase them? Um, you can buy them on the internet, but I, I bet I think there's another brand now that does them too. Uh, but look, look, you know, if you watch. This star is 
how we taught Joseph Schooling and all those guys to dive. They adapted differently, even Caleb Dressel. But watch that. Look at the form that you can do outside of the water. Look at, look at this. Right there. Miguel, I can, I can send you the link. Yes, yeah. please. This is, this is one of the best things that you can do for younger kids. It's really, really unbelievable. You have to be safe and you have to start it slowly. Right? But things like that will, will help you out. You know? my, my take, Jill, would be just be careful what you see on the internet from world-class athletes because, you know. Like, like, yeah, like, definitely. Coach. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I agree with you. There's, uh, there's a lot now. A lot of the um, Olympians or world-class uh, I, saw, I saw a comment the other day, um, uh, something about uh, w with the lockdown, everyone has become a personal trainer, a nutritionist, a, bi a doctor. Um, they, they say it's now like it's no longer America's got talent. It's now a lockdown has got talent. So uh, sure. a lot of, um, I think Vern Gambetta calls them keyboard cowboys, something like that. So everyone has suddenly become a, an expert in, in fields that uh, they've only learned about maybe on YouTube. And uh, there's a lot of information and also a lot of misinformation um, and quite difficult to distinguish um, as to what is appropriate and what's inappropriate. Um, I think that also leads me to say my second question again for, um, for you, maybe Coach Miguel. The Swimming World put out an article about why we should be using resistance bands with our swimmers. And then Coach Bob Bowman replied and said that um, resistance bands uh, create imbalances within the muscles. They provide resistance where the muscle is strongest, but not where the muscle is weakest. Um, and that we should think twice about using resistance <coughs> bands. Um, I think the comment was more they're helpful for uh, technical elements rather than for, for strength or um, de developing strength like that. So. Maybe some of your comments on on the use of uh, resistance bands. Now, the resistance bands in the water, outside of the water, or what do you mean? Yeah, yeah I saw the article on, on dry land. Uh, on dry land resistance. Oh. I, I like resistance bands. I think it depends. You have to teach them how to do the right stroke. You know, if you know, and I, I don't want to say anything bad, but I watch a lot of coaches showing how, how how to do stroke to some of his swimmers to some of their swimmers and i want to shoot them they don't really <laughs> understand how to put the hand or even when they try to show them the stretch core they don't have the high elbow they don't engage the lat they don't use the, the right muscle so but i th i really think you know <clears throat> it's a good way like for example for me I haven't done it yet with my college kids because we've been trying to introduce things and I, I don't like progressively introduce things even though they would be ready. You know, we've been doing some stretch course outside of the water and, but uh, next year we're gonna, do, we're gonna introduce the isometric movement of each stroke, you know, where you hold 10 seconds, you hold 10 seconds, you hold 10 seconds, you get in the water and you swim that stroke fast. You know, uh, and I don't think- I, I, I totally agree about you, and I, I wanted to give um, a little um, intake on that because I read that article too, and it's, a, it's an old debate where coaches used to say when you lift weights, 
It's harder at the beginning, but easier at the end because the weight gains momentum. Where when you use the band, it's easier at the beginning because the band is not so stretched and harder at the end as you stretch the band and it makes it more difficult. And I understand that the ideal is a combination, but when we're isolated and we are uh, not being able to jump in the water as often, um, I think the band is a great way, like Sergio said, to work on technique. So I have my swimmers with the hand stretched, elbow by the ear, and just try to uh, touch the armpit with the thumb. So they're working on that high elbow, and then they bend and they pull so that they learn to point the fingers down with the elbow next to the ear and pull. That's one example of using the band for technical purposes, okay? And yes, Bob, Bauman might be, might be right that the most difficult part of the stroke in the pool is the latest part with the band. When it gets stretched, then it becomes more difficult. Where with the weight, it's more difficult at the beginning and easier at the end. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. What Bauman is saying, in my opinion, is that not, it's not the best thing you can do alone, that you should combine it, um, exercises that are more difficult at the beginning, exercises that are more difficult at the end, maybe the medicine ball with the TheraBand, make the perfect combination because one is more difficult at the beginning, the other one more difficult at the end. But at, at the end of the day, in this period, we should use, use these things to correct the technical flaws we have. Like I said, bend the elbow, bend the elbow early, bend the elbow with the um, elbow next to the ear, and I tell them to touch the armpit with the thumb because if they do the pinky, they turn the wrist, but just learn to point the fingers down a little more. I don't know if I'm making sense and I'm answering your question, Joe. Yeah, you are. thanks, Coach. Um, yeah for uh, agreed i think it's a combination of um, multiple tools rather than relying on only one one way to to solve every every problem that we're facing uh, anybody else has any thoughts about all this yeah i think it's just all about uh, the basically find the ways how you can impact on uh, you know human body in the most effective way uh, Ivan I don't hear you very well oh really sorry it may be just my, my new headphones can you hear me now yeah mm -hmm. yeah I think it's just combination it's uh it's all about triggering um, uh, humans body in different ways in order to produce result or improve results so of course, if you do just one, uh, just only stretch cords, and uh, you know, uh, and you're not doing anything else, you know, for some people it, again it might work, for some people it wouldn't work. And we as the coaches, we have to again find the ways how can we, you know, um, create I guess uh, each individual program for individual swimmer. Uh, again, not in many settings. Like for example, in my case, uh, I to be to be fair, I'm focusing. I'm designing program, maybe two, three programs each session to target groups, not in, even individuals. So the same, same, same in the water, same outside of the pool. So that's why if, if you 
if you strongly believe in something and you, you know, you, you may be uh, uh, at some part of your program, you're focusing on technique using stretch cords and then you're going to combine those stretch cords with medicine balls and you're going to uh, pitch in a little bit of baits in it. It's, it should give some sort of result, but then you need to just have a time to analyze all this and really to tell what works, what, what, what didn't work. For Bowman, maybe it didn't work, you know, if he was just using stretch cords at some point, and then when he start combining with something else, it start working, you know. So I guess it's very, very depends. Uh, but what Coach Miguel, Miguel said, I get, I think it makes sense. Uh, stretch cords, I think, super useful thing. It's, it's a sort of um, kind of for matching work we do in the water, right? When we cool. So. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm going to show you another video. This is when we were in Singapore, how we use the stretch course. I'm just going to show you a small part of the breaststroke pool of a guy. And you can watch how he's back. And, you know, there's no imbalance in there. Uh, in the stroke, just watch this. Uh, I'm going to, hold on, hold on. Uh, I'm not that good with this computer stuff. Trying to, uh, hold on. Uh, ah. we also, also be good now with computers these days. Yeah, we're getting, <laughs> we're getting better, okay. I guess. Hold on, let me Why share. Get it? I'm going to add one, one more comment because it's something that we do uh, for five minutes with the bands during this lockdown. And I found that, that it protects the swimmer's shoulders very well. Instead of swimming um, with the um, band, in front of us, I'm turning them around. I'm making them swim against the resistance of the TheraBand. And what that does is it controls their stroke because they're trying to uh, resist. They're not pulling the band. They're being pulled by the band and they're doing the movement really slow. So it warms up their antagonistic muscles and protects their shoulders a little bit. I'm very concerned in this period we still do two hours per day of dryland in the morning and two in the evening and they get shoulder problems. So mixing it up and doing it literally backwards with a very, very soft resistance of the TheraBand. Not a big um, surgical tubing type band, but the TheraBand and swimming with a band doing the resistance backwards, not coming from the front, but coming from the back. And they're um strengthening their shoulders very good it's it's worked quite well awesome thanks Mia. But, uh, let me show you this this next video and then uh just just watch this look he's going slow but look at that you can you can see his stroke Pretty well. He's turning out his hands. He's using his his forearm muscles and he's using his bicep. Well, this one is not as good. What? Right? But this type of work, I think, is pretty positive. I like his this this guy better. Look at him. Bam, bam. Hands out, turning out. And you 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 can you know I'll I'll put it again. You, you can you can work. The way you want to lift your head, you know, you can think about your hands. Yeah. 
Now, the, the hard part is to teach everybody. Like for me here, Sean is bringing his, his uh, elbows too far back because you don't want to do that in your stroke. But still, he's doing a pretty good job with his stroke. And I think like that, you can teach the, the stroke pretty well. Do I make sense? So you don't have to go oh, 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 fast, 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 but you can apply. You can really watch how somebody's turning out their hands, then catching the water in the freestyle, in the backstroke. You might have to use a bench, you know. But you can you can do different things to teach them. And as long if you watch that video, you could see that all his back was very symmetrical, each side, both sides, and pam 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 pam. So you know, I think there's a benefit on that. Uh, there's a coach, Andrew Haley, asked, if we agree everyone is different, how do we decide what works for who I coach? There's a lot of describing that we do what, uh, what we do and why, and how do, we, how do we work this out? Anybody wants to talk, uh, say anything about this? or? Uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Who is that? Go ahead. Sorry. No, it's cool. Um, I, I would say you know the the uh, the recognizing that different things work for different people, and we're coaching individuals. That's part of the art of coaching. It's uh, you know how do you have how do you have two or three individuals who swim the same events and approach them from completely different angles. Maybe one approaches it from a power angle, one from an aerobic angle, one from you know this, that, or the other. And how do you cater and make sure you're taking care of their needs and giving them and presenting them with the best opportunity to succeed while working inside of what you're doing every day? That's the art of coaching, right? Um, you know, it's... Uh, ensuring that you're presenting the athlete on a daily basis, regardless of the angle and the manner in which they approach their event spectrum, that you're presenting them with the best opportunity to be successful. Uh, I agree with Doug. I think the important thing is you create a simple model that works for you. And that simple model that takes care of the kid, the athlete, ensures, makes sure that it doesn't have any injuries, that you do preventing stuff, and that thing is going to evolve too as the, as the group evolves, you know. I think um, what's important is not to get caught up into, wow, I got to do all this, all this, all this, all this. It's how you progress with the kids. And, you know, I feel I've been doing the same program of dryland for the last 26 years that I've been coaching. But it's evolved a lot, you know, slowly. Not because I, I'm not going to change it. I know the other day one of the, my pros comes up to me and says, hey, Sergio, I'm going to show you some exercises. No, no, it wasn't one of the pros. It was a coach from Spain that was here visiting. Because I think this will be good for you. It's like, okay, I asked him, why do I have to listen to you? How many, how many swimmers have you really coached at a high level? So don't come to confuse me, right? Because this dryland is working for my guys, do you understand? So I don't need to go in because on the internet, he was showing me some some video on the internet oh you gotta do this it's like no i don't gotta do that make sense 
this is something that I, I have built. And if I need to change something, I'll figure it out. But I'm not going to put something that somebody else has put on the internet because it's working for them. Do I make sense? I'm not saying that that exercise is not good. But it's like if, 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 if we try to change every time our thought process and we don't learn from our kids, then we have a problem. So, but yeah, we have, we have Taylor here, Coach Taylor. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about what you do with the Dryland program in your team. Um, at the moment, at the moment, we're trying to keep it, we're almost trying to keep it as if it is the normal training session. So we're trying to, trying to do, do a certain amount of cardio stuff. We're keeping our strength stuff that we do every week anyway exactly the same. Essentially, we're just trying to not change things up too much, similar to what you're just saying there. Like, we're, we normally do not really a lift, but like real kind of functional strength stuff Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. We're doing that at the exact time that they would normally do it. Um, and then just doing some different, different other things on other days, cardio stuff, a lot, trying to do a lot of cycling. A lot of them are wanting to go out running at the moment and I'm not that comfortable with it, if I'm honest, because most of their ankles are so flippy floppy that they're guaranteed they're going to go over it at some point. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we've not changed too much. Um, but and, and adding a bit more of yoga. I mean, we only do normally do yoga once a week, and it's more a mindfulness thing where we're putting a bit more flow-type yoga in there, which, which a lot of them know as well already. So you're really, really trying to keep things swimming specific as much as possible and keep them on a, on a pathway that they still feel that oh, I'd normally be doing this type of session at this time. So that's what we're going to do tonight. You know, we did like a cycling stroke skipping interval training session the other day. It looked on paper a bit like a swimming session, if I'm honest, but they, they did it skipping, cycling, some of them running if they wanted. So just trying to not out too much with new stuff because there's so much there on the internet. They're getting things from PE class. And it's like, oh, this is a really great idea. You can do this, you can do that. But actually, they don't really know how to do it properly. So they're not going to be motivated to do it. And uh, during the season, how do you, do you have a strength and conditioning coach? Do you have to do, your, you have to do it yourself? How do you structure during a, a normal season? Like, forget about the, the period that we have right now. Yeah, the, so... Yeah, I mean, we, we do it ourselves. I mean, we have a strength and conditioning guy at, at school, but he, he's more like a fitness trainer, to be honest. Like, he's not enabled to, to be able to periodize it with what we're doing in the pool. doesn't really happen. So we generally will sit down, myself and the assistant coaches, um, at the start of the year, and we'll, we'll plan in our, our land work with uh, alongside the, the training periodization. So... You know, moving into what is like a more power anaerobic based in the pool, we'll, we'll go more swimming specific power stuff in the gym. Um, but it, it's very much like that. We actually have a strength and conditioning expert coming in next year who's a swimming guy. So that's going to certainly help things. What I've found is we do a lot of the pre-pool 10, 15 minutes, similar to what we're kind of taking the lead from the NTC guys and Bern Gambetta stuff. Um, but it's making that progressive over one season, two seasons, three seasons, which I'm definitely finding challenging just to keep the, the, the interest levels up. I find kind of the start of the season, there's a lot of things 
that they like doing and you can make minor tweaks um but you know your your 10 meter crawls turn into six and a half meters with a little dog at the end and and you start to start to just be getting mad at them rather than allowing them to really really believe in it so yeah that's definitely a challenge no doubt about it and uh, with it with the program uh how how early or you know how many weeks before the taper meet the big competition do you stop the conditioning the weights or whatever you're doing i mean we do limited weights i mean we most of the kids are kind of 14 to 18 so the weights we're doing are, are pretty limited just very functional lifting type stuff just to kind of prepare them for the technique really going after school but um i mean generally in terms of lifting type stuff any kind of weights four or five weeks out we'll we'll kind of get rid of that we'll do some more power based things um but even still like with the age group guys even the week the really only the week off the meet will come off land altogether but before that we'll still be doing explosive type work you know box jumps um even even kind of explosive kind of push-ups and things like that we'll still do that you know 10 days out from the meet just to get them that feeling of the, the neuromuscular um kind of facilitation really and just have them believing in that and just just to feel that power leading over into the pool and awesome you know, with a lot of them we're not tapering a hell of a lot really if i'm honest sometimes the taper is a week just right. to make them feel like they're feeling good like they don't really need massive four five six week tapers like a like a senior sprinter might need awesome well thanks taylor how's the family yeah okay the boy's going mental he's stuck in the house <laughs> can't say good he's on the ipad right now so that's a good thing but apart from that it's uh, I don't want to swear on here, but yeah, no, hard, hard work. <laughs> uh, the biggest business after after this this coronavirus is is going to be being a divorce lawyer. Oh uh, well, I think we're doing it. We're a whole bunch more babies, a bunch of coronials. So, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, um, anybody, any other coach? We have like around fifty coaches here. Anybody wants to ask or share anything? You know, we've been talking about the weight program, how we do things. Nope. 